may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny A delayed view from the ninny as we were all busy slash angry Slash wanted to put some distance between us And a terrible derby performance on Sunday as Cardiff lost 2-0 Tom, was it 2-0? Yeah Turn Just up. reminding you, because you were at the game, I had to go through the police escort. Thank um, you. No problem at all. Um, we're back. It's not going to be a fun run this week, but we've got to talk about it, because you've got to take the rough with the smooth, as has Ben Price. Ben, you went to the cricket last night, and now you're drinking an Iron Brew Extra. Why not a proper Iron Brew? It's bad. Have you seen how much sugar's in a proper Iron Brew? Yeah, that's why it tastes so good. Yeah, but my missus is a diabetes dietitian. Do you think I can go with full fat, any, any like full sugar, anything in this house? Are, are you your missus? No, but she's in charge. Oh, okay, fair enough. At least she admits it. Tom, um, you're Danny Carmarthen having a laughing. That's right. That didn't deserve a response. I wanted to leave a little <laughs> bit of silence then. <laughs> you having a re- uh, recovery recuperation session after Bristol on Sunday? Definitely. This is uh, yeah my week of rehab. Yeah, after another terrible derby performance. Right. It's the only place to start because it was the last game, and that's how we tend to start these podcasts is with the most recent game. Um, Cardiff lost in another derby, another seven-side derby at Bristol City. Bristol, who have been abysmal all season, of course they turned up in the derby game. Um, ben, is it fair to say we just didn't turn up again? Yeah, same old, isn't it? You can replace 600 players from the squad, but the attitude's still there, which to me makes me think it's built in within the club. It's behind the scenes, not getting it, not pushing the message through to the, play- to the players about how important this is. It's it's more now a culture with the club than just right. It's just this team doesn't turn up. It can't be a coincidence. We basically got an entire new squad. I think from the last derby, NG is the only one that played. Yeah, I think so. Possibly Winstall out of that squad, and they still were just piss poor. It's it's really frustrating because I said last week this game would be huge for Morrison because it shows how far the club would have come, like mentality wise, and like just showing it's definitely something different. But, yeah, what we got to presented was the same old shit, really, wasn't it? The same old shit indeed. Tom, what went wrong? Well, uh, we didn't take our chances, uh, for one. Um, but I'm sure we'll come on to that. But also, you know, the players we've been relying on recently to put in good performances, the likes of Wintle, um, had a poor game. Um, and we we didn't really get hold of the ball in midfield like we normally do. There was a lot of stray passes. Um, we just look very vulnerable on the break. I think it's no coincidence that, you know, we've picked up some good results against the likes of Norwich and West Brom and we're playing stronger teams. And it's the likes of Reading and Bristol have caught this. Because I think in the games we're, we're expected to have a, a little bit more ball and push forward a little bit more, we look really susceptible then when teams break against us. And we, we looked all at sorts at the back at times. We look a little bit disjointed. And to be honest with you, just the second goal as well from that set piece, we're just nowhere near the man. Like, it's just a free header. Yeah. And I think, oh, and the first goal really as well, you know, he's got in front of Simpson there and it's a simple finish really. And I think, yeah, we were just we were just very poor defence. Well, <laughs> yeah, we couldn't take our chances. We weren't good at midfield and we weren't good at the back. So to be honest with you, it was just a poor performance all around. And it, yeah, it was a frustrating day for sure. Ben, do you give Morrison some benefit of the doubt? Obviously, Collins out for the season after his injury against West Brom. 
um Baggin goes off within five minutes and we have to kind of shuffle everything around at the back to be you know not what we're used to playing this season does he get some benefit of the doubt for the fact that he, he had to deal with those circumstances yeah but only so much it's a bit of a change like it's, it's not like ng's never played at left back he played quite a bit there last season you've then got two experienced center halves coming in Simpson like simpson's a tenure like a like it knew it the Forgot what I was gonna say. Sorry, it's not like Simpsons come Start in. Start again. Start yeah. again, Ben. <laughs> it's not <laughs> as if Simpsons come in from the academy and it's his like third or fourth game. Um, apart from when he was sort of resting up in Rangers, he's played a fair bit of football over the years. It's he. Sh- they should all know better than that. Like the goal, especially the first goal, is basic defending. He's a mile off his man and gives him just an easy, easy finish. It won't be an easier goal for them. And then it's just yeah. It, it can't be an excuse that our 21-year-old left-back got a concussion so the whole team fell apart. Ben, how many games has Jack Simpson played in his career? <laughs> Since 2015, 2016, how many games has he played in his oh, career? I didn't want to Le- bring it up there, but he said experience. He's going to be under 100 now, isn't he? Under 100, yeah. Under 100, keep 100 drop- yeah. <laughs> keep dropping, man. In the league... <laughs> He has played 29 games of football, according to Wikipedia. Obviously, two more for Cardiff, so 31 games of football in the league. Is that it? Yeah. yeah. How long was he at Rangers for? He's only he was there for two years. Two years? He played nine yeah. games in, in the league in two years. Oh, see, I thought he was there longer. I thought he was there like four years. I thought it was like four years ago we were linked with him. It is basically like bringing in an academy player. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Christ. Yeah. Um, sorry, Ben. Just wanted to uh, put that out there. <laughs> Piss on my chips, mate. You know, I'm hungover, I'm feeling vulnerable, and you're just yeah, exactly. Advantage, exactly. That's what we got to do. Um, Tom, it's it's the question that we bring up every week. It's almost becoming the new is it time to give Josh Murphy a chance question? What has Mr. Sitter and that could have changed the game? Um, what are we to do with Max Waters? We'll come on to it in more detail earlier, but he should be scoring that one, shouldn't he? Yeah, it, you know, it, it's a bit unlucky, it, like hits his shoulder. The keeper, he doesn't know a huge amount about it. You know, he's made himself big, but you know, if a keeper saves one of those every now and again against Waters, that's fair enough. But it's every time he's through now, um, and you know, part of me still think, you know, I do think he's good enough. If he gets one, he gets a few more. But there's only there's, there's only so many weeks you can say that. Forty fifth game, uh, yeah. If he I gets know, one like, this week, oh, he's gonna go on a run. I do feel sorry for him because. There's not, he, didn't, he does a lot of running and he gets into the good positions and the ball doesn't get to him and things. But the ball does get to him then every now and again and then he does that. So I, I do feel sorry for him. And I, you, you can see he's low on confidence. But, you know, he scores that, changes the game. Um, and I, I, they, they felt like there was an air of vulnerability about Bristol City early in that game. You know, yeah. all the atmosphere was coming from the Cardiff end. You could sense the nerves amongst the fans. Yes, they got a good result against Luton last time out, but they've been shit for a long time. And you could feel it was a little bit shaky and we just didn't take advantage of it. So, you know, if he puts away that chance, they were there for the taking then. But yeah, it wasn't a be. You could just um, see Waters just tense up. That chance came to yeah. him through. Yeah. And you could physically see his body just go a lot more rigid and you could just feel the pressure. It was really, really strange just to see it. And you just sort of, he just had no belief that he was scoring that goal. And, and the was belief right. wasn't in the crowd either. I think no. when he was put through as well, you know, there's certain players, if it falls to them, you get that kind of like, oh. But it's just the kind of like, the nervousness about it was just palpable in the away end as well. Like, there's no confidence in him. And, you know, he had a fairly good reception when he was taken off. But 
it felt more out of pity than anything else. Um, the chance he missed against Birmingham, Ben, we said, why didn't he try and lift it over the keeper? The chance against Bristol, he tried to lift it over the keeper and hit the shoulder. What does he do next? Go around him? Go rainbow, through him? Rainbow, rainbow flick, maybe? Try some yeah. really fancy I'm just trying to really... think. He can't do anything, can he, at the moment? It's just, yeah. He's we'll come to the striker question a little bit later. So we, we, we will discuss what is in more detail alongside Tete and everything else that's going on because there's a lot of uh, Twitter questions related to the striker question. But um, Ben, Tom's already touched upon it, but both goals for Bristol, um, we've got to be doing better, haven't we, defensively? That should be where we are our strongest, but we seem to go missing for the second goal. That guy had so much space and it was a lovely header, but he was on his own for two, three seconds. It was training drill header though, wasn't it? It's like yeah. literally where you'd put it in for a training bit. So yeah, it's, it's, it, both goals were preventable because they were so basic. It was just be closer to your man, sort of keep track of who you're picking up. Simpson loses his man for the first goal and it's Kipre sort of miss, loses his man for the second. It's really, really poor from your centre-backs that really should do better there because fucking, it's just, that's the frustrating, just as frustrating as missing the chance we've got is that the goals are really preventable. Yeah. I think yeah, when you when you uh, a competent defense just deals with those right because they're long balls into the box, the, especially the second free kick. It comes a long way. It comes a long way. Could, and it wasn't a particularly yeah. great ball. It was just easy to attack because there was no defender there. Yeah, just make things a lot harder for yourself. And any sort of half decent player is going to take those chances and at the championship. Um, unless you're Max Tom, Waters. Unless you're Max Waters. Uh, we should probably talk about the goals that didn't happen. Um, the first goal for the Bristol foul on the keeper, which probably the most obvious foul you'll ever see on a keeper, also has the ball in both hands. He just clatters through the back of him, puts it in and runs off. Has the audacity to run off as if he's just scored the best goal you'll ever see. Um, and we had a goal disallowed for offside. Um, first one's more obvious. Second one, was he offside? I was at the other end of the ground. Exactly. So, so you've got, you've so, got the best view to yeah. tell us whether he was offside. Well, we obviously thought he was onside. <laughs> to be honest with you, from where we were looking... Well, I speak for, I'm going to speak for the whole of the away end here. Um, You're the spokesperson. Like, yeah, it, it couldn't, I couldn't work out how he was offside because it felt like he'd got to the byline and pulled it back from where we were, but it wasn't quite that simple. So I couldn't believe it when he was chalked off. But I've just got that habit now of every time a ball hits a neck, I look at a linesman. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever enjoy a goal properly again. But everyone else around me was enjoying it. And I thought I'd take it upon myself to tap everyone to tell them to stop. <laughs> Are you with that guy? I was that twat, yeah. Because I didn't want the Bristol fans to bully us for the next 20 minutes. But no, I I don't know. Ben, you, you've seen the highlights. Stuff. Was he offside? I haven't actually seen. I can't put myself through the highlights after actually being there. Was he offside or not? Yeah, he was off. Oh, there yeah, are. Um... Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Um... <sighs> I know what you mean about looking at the line. So even though we don't have VAR in the, the championship, I'm still worried that goals are going to get chalked off of VAR. My biggest habit as football matches is not checking Twitter while I'm at football matches in case I get, because I usually watch it on a dodgy stream. If I'm at the match, I won't check my Twitter just in case a goal is spoilt. For me. Um, there was also the potential penalty for handball, Tom. How did the crowd react to that? Uh, Stonewall, handball, <laughs> should have had a penalty. Um, how isn't he giving it? Lots of names being shouted at the linesman. But to be fair, from I'm sure Ben will just tell me it was... I was going to say, we'll go to our independent adjudicator in a yeah, minute. But, but I'll tell you my opinion first. Yeah. It looked, from where we were, this was actually in front of us, it looked like there was enough distance between the man and the defender. It looked like his arm was in a natural position. It looked like it hit them on the hand. And the away end went mental. 
now Ben is there to piss on my chips, yeah. I'm sure. No, it's one of those, I think, I'd be appealing for it if I was in that position. I think it probably should have been a penalty, to be honest. Oh, wow. Go with seen, I've, seen go, so... give, I've seen him given quite regularly for that sort of thing. If I reckon, It's another thing, if it was VAR, then I reckon that gets reviewed and that gets given. Handed in yeah. a natural position and all that, isn't it? It, yeah. it felt like it, because it felt like he was going... I, again, I'm doing something visual when it's a podcast, but like it looked like... Tom is making a save like a goalkeeper. <laughs> That effectively, that's exactly what I was doing. Um, yeah, it, it looked like he was diving with his arms out. And they, like I said, there was enough distance between, you know, the, the man striking the ball and the defender. So it felt blatant. And again, it, it changed the momentum at that time in the game as well. When we were, we were starting to do, a, you know, add a little bit of pressure to Bristol. We had, we had a few little moments of it. But yeah, we didn't get much, much luck on the day. Uh, before we get to the end of the uh, the game and the the uh, let's say the the shoddy policing, the shoddy bad policing that was uh, subject to the Cardiff fans on Sunday, we should probably talk about some of the positives. And Ben, one of the positives was that Kill uh, Colwell, Killwell, uh, Kill Bill, Colwell looked good when he came on. Um, he played a fantastic through ball, maybe accidentally to Mark Harris that Mark Harris probably should have done better with. But how important is it that we start bringing Colwell back in? He looks the real deal when he comes on. He looks like he's going to make something happen. And in a squad where we're devoid of goals at the moment, is that what we need? It is, but I think you've got... Like, Always a but with you, Pricey. This, this 40 games to go, he's not had a full pre-season. They were bringing him back at the speed. I think now in the next few weeks, if he's not starting games and we're still not creating, then I think it's fair to ask the question. But I think the last few weeks, he's literally just been getting back into it. I think he was... Yeah, he was part of the under twenty three under twenty one today, wasn't he as well? Did, yeah, he yeah. So I think like that shows that he's there or thereabouts and he might not start on the weekend, but I think him starting regularly should be um he should be one of the first teams on the team sheets going forward from the next few weeks onwards. Cause you look at the people in this position, Sawyers hasn't exact apart from his debut where he scored, he's not exactly yeah, yeah. been But he still looks like he's catching up, right? He didn't really yeah. have a preseason. Yeah, I totally agree. So yeah, it's um, yeah, it's one to keep an eye on and sort of like start racing. Then in a few weeks, if he's not getting game time, then there's going to be a problem because that the quality of that ball. If he meant, I I think he did mean it. He, he did I mean. Don't... I definitely meant that. Yeah, I don't know what if he didn't I... mean. It, I don't know what he's doing. See, the only thing I, I could see is there's another player who starts to kind of make a run into the space where the, the pass goes to, but he puts a lot of pace on it, which makes me think he was looking further afield than him. That's the only thing I could see. I just think that. He does seem to have this good link up with Mark Harris. Yeah, I think that's an interesting one. Give him a bloody go, man. Well, I, to be honest with you, I think if Colwell Mark plays, Harris is likes... Premier League quality. Well, we yeah we know that now, but um, Ben put I his think, middle like, finger up there for all everyone who's listening at home. <laughs> ben put his middle finger up. <laughs> I think like if if Colwell plays, you might see more Mark Harris because I think they do have that kind of like telepathy between them, where he knows where the run's going to be. And as much as I said like, I'd get rid of Mark Harris ahead of ahead of Waters. I don't know. Sometimes Mark Harris's runs seem more purposeful. I think, like when he goes, he, the rest of the team know he's going to go there, and he gets on the end of balls a little bit more than Watt does. It's just the yeah. problem is he can't finish either. So, but it, I feel like we're going to get more of a, you know, we're going to make more chances if you've got him linked up a call with rather than Watt does. But we'll see. Um, and Tom, the the other positive was that we still dominated possession, we still dominated passes, we still made chances. So. That's something to take from the game, isn't it? As much as we lost, we didn't compromise the way we want to play. We tried to carry on the way we're playing and we still 
we still did okay on that front. Yeah, I think if we take the Derby situation out of it, it's just one of those days where it didn't work for us. You know, passes were going astray. Um, we were still trying to play that way um, throughout the game. I think I do worry a little bit that we might not have a plan B. Um, you know, I, we don't seem like we've got something to go to when that isn't working. I think it's pretty clear that a tactic coming on hasn't worked in the last couple of games either. You know, he looks off the pace. I know he's only just joined us as well and he probably needs a bit of game time. He's not played that much first-team football, but he doesn't seem to be working as a plan B at the moment. But I, I think that's what made the game more frustrating is that we, we got it right against West Brom. That's a team that should have been beating us really on paper. And we had periods of that. We didn't, they didn't seem to really threaten us. We had large periods of like, the game with the ball as well. We created a couple of chances ourselves. So I think a lot of us were high on confidence going into that Bristol game. And I think that's what makes it that extra bit more frustrating. It doesn't help us. Your near neighbours were going to rub it in our face as well. Football isn't played on paper, though, is it, Tom? No, Receive once told us that in his lovely poem, didn't he? He did tell us that. He did tell us that. Um, and Tom, I think the the kind of final sour note on the day was the the general state of the the treatment of Cardiff fans. Um, there's there was the pub that was mis- mysteriously closed for maintenance until eleven thirty. Um, uh, you know that's similar to the Swindon pub at pre-season that was closed between two and three p.m. Because like, you always close your pub during the day. Um, the police escorts, it's it's just, it's pathetic, isn't it? Like, football fans are demonised, and perhaps sometimes quite rightly so, but do they create more problems for themselves by kind of uh, aggravating the situation like this? It does feel a little bit like chicken and egg. Like, like what came first? The police kind of... The police going or the hooligans. The bring, yeah, yeah. But I think, I do understand the need for police presence. There was a kind of air of aggression about the place and I get that yeah. but the, th- the thing that was frustrating was the lack of communication so I know everyone's experiences were different so like we were going towards the train so we were shipped one way the people who got to coaches were told to go another way but with us we walked out the ground we went to turn right to go back to the train station and the police were just goes oh if you're going to the train station you need to go you need to go left so we went left and then suddenly we're penned in we weren't we weren't told we were going to be penned in but suddenly we can't go any further but they didn't pen us in, in, in such a way that it meant that we weren't anywhere near Bristol fans. They were just still walking through into us as well and didn't know what was going on. Then there was a lot of police running about because they thought fans were going to clash. But I think it was just <laughs> Cardiff fans from the coaches and the Cardiff fans going to the trains in the same place. <laughs> and then um, they, didn't tell, they didn't tell the fans immediately that they were putting on like a football special because they were like, oh, yeah, we'll get you there for three o'clock. We clearly weren't going to get to the train station for three o'clock. So everyone thought they were going to miss the last train. There was police sources that started to appear in. There was one of the police officers was shouting, "Go forward, go forward!" And we're turning around and kind of going, "We can't go anywhere." And they're going, "Oh, there's space up ahead." So, well, you can see that because you're on a horse. Um, we can't. <laughs> and then they were stopping. We were getting crowded in. It was boiling hot, and it was just, to be honest, a shambles from start to finish. And I think there is a need for presence there, but it's just the lack of communication, as if we can't be trusted to be told when the train is. Yeah. I, I just wanted to get back on the train and get home after that game. I didn't want to shout at Bristol fans, like kids standing on the side of the road. I genuinely just wanted to get home after a turgid performance. But it, it is a bit just, I'm so tired of being treated like cattle coming out of games. And it's just, you, you had people in cars looking petrified because they haven't shut off the roads. They just stopped traffic moving again. Yeah. So we were just weaving in and out of cars. There was families looking petrified because suddenly there was, 
crowds of largely men. There were families and stuff in there as well, weaving in and out of their cars, looking through the windows. And it was just... Sorry, I'm on a bit of a rant now, but it, it was, it, I'm just so no, tired of it. It's, There's no need we're, we're, for us to be... We're not criminals, like. We're, like, what, four games into the season, five games into the season? It's already happened in pre-season with the Swindon... I would say debacle. Like you couldn't walk down the certain pavement you wanted to walk down. You had to walk the way the police wanted you to. Um, you couldn't go to the pub because the pub had mysteriously closed at between two and three. It's just like the football fans get treated like children. And I like I, you, you're right to a point, right? Cardiff versus Bristol is a derby. There's going to be some aggro somewhere, but you don't need to kettle people in like that, really. Surely, if you've got the way policing is in this day and age, you have people monitoring and you have people on standby, but you don't need to kettle people like that. Like it's just, it just, it, like you say, it just seems to cause more aggro than it solves. Well, it's a big group then, isn't it? It's a big gang yeah. of people that people can look at going down a street, and suddenly people are coming out of pubs to look at this big swarm of Cardiff fans coming down the street and in, in the middle of Bristol on a Sunday. So yeah, you're creating a target for if Bristol fans want to cause any trouble. And you're also provoking Cardiff fans if once some are on the edge of causing trouble anyway. It's just mental. It's like you said, like, we're not criminals. Don't treat us like we're guilty. There's a couple of dickheads. It happens. I'm not saying it's not. But by doing that and sort of the, fo- the photo you sent of us in, in the group, Tom, was ridiculous. Like, it's just, you're just asking for more trouble doing it that way than any other way possible. Like, they could do it. And it's quite intimidating. There was, there was police horses behind us. Yeah. And, and they were stopping us every, like, five, ten minutes to, like, bunch people back up again. But all it takes is one horse to get spooked. And you've got serious problems. You've got... There was police dogs as well. And it's just like, bloody hell. All, all I've had is one pint. And I, I yeah, feel but like you I'm, know what you like after one pint. I am. That's, I do get a little bit fighty. No, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just... It, yeah, it was... It was really, after watching that, it, it, it's so frustrating. It was turning, like, quite mild-mannered people into like loud but that's what it does right like it pisses you off yeah yeah Yeah. you 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 would never be that way inclined normally but like if you're just being effectively kettled in such a way that creates you know like you're being bunched up with other people it's a mob mentality takes over because if one person gets annoyed it can spread so quickly when you're all that close to each other and all that all it takes is like you say a horse to get spooked or a copper to get the wrong idea and if he lashes out at someone then all of a sudden you've got a problem because instead of having one or two people there you've got a thousand Cardiff fans in one punch that you're gonna have to deal with to be fair there was one light-hearted moment that kind of did break the the kind of mood of annoyance was the one Cardiff fan who realised that he could sit on the step on the back of the police van without them seeing him in his mirrors. So he had a lift all the way to the station. <laughs> oh, good man. Good man. Um, that's the Bristol game covered. Obviously, in the intervening time between podcasts, we didn't talk about the West Brom game. Um, it was a nil-nil draw. Um, not much really happened apart from in the first 10 minutes, Ben. Um, the commander, Jamalou Collins, um, out for the season. Um, how big a blow is that? He's probably been our best signing of the season so far. He slotted in at left back and he was exactly the player we wanted, but now it looks like we're out with, without him for the rest of the season. Yeah, well, you're looking at two out of three games, he won man of the match. Yeah. Um, huge, huge loss. And it was just obvious as soon as he did it in, in the chat, sort of, I thought that's what he did. It was his, yeah. It was horrible, it was horrible injury and just a play you read on it happened to as well. Like, he's pacey, he's skillful he gets a lot of things going for us there's no when he's playing well we play well and to lose him justly sort of getting here in Cardiff is a huge setback for him personally and for us because he's been fantastic hasn't he he was really really good yeah 
he was and and Tom, obviously, we, we saw Bagan go off in the first couple of minutes of the, the Bristol game. Collins going off with that injury. I mean, we need to look at potentially buying a left-back now, don't we? Yeah, I think so. Because, you know, you've got the likes of O'Dowder who slotted in nicely in that West Brom game. but He was brilliant. Yeah, I don't think he wants to play there. And I don't think it's a long-term, you know, strategy for us. I don't think that works. But, yeah, we need to get someone in. But, yeah, what Ben said, I think... He was clearly our standout performer this season, John Luke Collins. Like you look at the stats as well on FotMob as well. Um, he, he, he's our star man, and he was good going forward. He was he reassuring at the back, and he just had that air of confidence. The people around him knew that he was there to cover them as well. And you don't get that from Bacon, really. You know, the jury's out a little bit with Bacon. He's a little bit kind of I don't know. He could be a little bit weak on the ball. He's he has his moments, but he looks quite naive at times as well. I don't think you can trust him for 40 games of a season. So, yeah, we definitely need to be dipping in the market there because we haven't got enough cover. No, I think we're all with, all, you know, sending our best wishes to Jamalou Collins. I think, um, yeah, he'd slotted in so well. It's, 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 it's a gutting, gutting feeling, really, especially when we lost Morrison to the same sort of injury in the last couple of seasons as well. Um, it's, good to, it's good to hear his family sort of come over just as yeah. the injuries happened as well, so he's not going to be alone no, I know, a, Yojo. yeah well still a lot of players come over and their family aren't there and imagine if you've just moved to a new country and within four games you've got a serious injury and you're not going to be yeah. you're not going to be in and around the squad too much it's it, i can imagine it get very, very lonely very quickly so yeah hopefully so are you inviting him out for a pint anytime if you're listening Jamalu, take you for a lager Highly recommend going to uh, the hundred. The cricket's shite, but um, it's good fun. There we go. Maybe we could take the FTN trip to the hundred with Jamaloo. Let's <laughs> film it. That's content there for the Cardiff City uh, YouTube channel. Anyway, um, let's do it. It's the key question of this week's pod. Is I've just got the striker question. Um, we we ask for Twitter questions every week on the pod, and a lot of them seem to revolve around. The striker question, um, you know, we're what, five games into the season? Waters hasn't scored yet. Atete hasn't scored yet. I don't think Harris has scored yet. Three and five games uh, in terms of goals. Um, it's not looking good up front, is it, Tom? No. And, you know, I, I, I thought that Waters might get 20. But I think you said he might get 20 goals. If I didn't say that, I might have been thinking it at least. Um, but it does look worrying now. Um Atete is clearly not the finished article, uh, and what does just? I I've been quite kind on him, but it's hard to now. It's just how long can we keep this going? Um, we've got I the one thing the Morrison said finish the sentence. I don't like Waters. He can't finish. He can't finish the sentence either. That's a good point. Um, Morrison saying he's not going to bring in like a thirty-two-year-old striker. Why not? Because he said, you know, that he wants a mix of youth and experience in other areas of the park. Why wouldn't you do that up front? You know, some of it's going to be long-term planning. That's great. But there's nothing wrong with bringing in a seasoned professional alongside them, even if it is for a season. I mm-hmm. think we, we, we just need someone to score goals. I know we were saying we could spread it throughout the team, you know, and people pick well, up We're not five, even doing six, that at the moment, seven. are we? That's the thing, right? They're not going to pick up any, never mind five or six. So I, I, I wouldn't be against bringing in a seasoned striker. It will come for Waters. He will get a few goals. I keep forgetting Isaac Davis exists. Yeah. Um, and, and he's a good player. And when he comes back, I, does anyone know how far off he is, by the way? He's I've heard nothing grass, about him. He? Yeah, Morrison is back on grass. Okay. What does that mean? 
<laughs> like um, he's he's playing he's back kind of in training and training, he's on yeah. the actual grass like the, okay. the outdoor bit not the 4g he's allowed he's allowed to have boots on no but i think it basically means that he's back kind of playing football so how about he's probably a few weeks away yeah then yeah so yeah i'm not sure if we can hold off until then you know it's not the end of the world if we without a striker we, we go with waters for another couple of weeks but I think it's pretty clear that we can't rely on Waters for the for the rest of the season as being our, our main man at top. I think for his own good, it might be time for him just to come out and sort of come off the... Someone mentioned it on, on the questions. It's like come off the bench instead for a bit hmm. and see if he gets something that way because he's leading the line for 60 minutes, getting very little, fluffing his lines, then getting subbed on 55 to 60 minutes every game. Mm-hmm. He needs a change. He just needs that sort of thing. Instead of being the man that's coming off when things aren't working, it might be a bit more of a boost for Morrison to turn to him when we need a goal and say, right, I trust you to do this first now and try a different approach. Because, yeah, I, I, I'm going to tell him, like, there is a good player there, I think. But then you see that him missing these one on ones and the way it's going, you're sort of there going, oh, just how, how many more games can you give it him in this situation? Because it is going to be a problem in a team that looks short of goals that is the question how 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 many more games you give him then the option that's yeah there's no other option though is there i i wouldn't start i i don't fancy harris starting as a striker atete is definitely not ready yet so realistically unless we get someone else in he's our only option starting got nine day nine days left of the transfer window yeah and if you're looking at a free agent as well we can sign him whenever but yeah, I, for me, we've got to get another striker in just to sort of just to carry a bit of the load and sort of take the expectation off what shoulders a bit. Tom, would you would you throw a Tete in to a start? He hasn't started a game yet in the league. Um, he didn't against West Brom. He looked knackered when he came on, so I don't know if he's even fully fit. There was talk today he got injured in the end of 21 this game and um, was taken out that game early. Uh, but if he's fit, do you start him just to try something different? Possibly. I think he doesn't fit what we're trying to do at the moment, the way we're trying to press... You know, he, he looked completely out on his feet to West Brom and he, he'd only come on for the last 20 minutes. So I'm not sure if you want him starting. Uh, I think the frustrating thing for Waters is, because he, he is being taken off that 60-minute mark, it's that last 20 minutes of the game where the chances start to come. We go a little mm. bit more direct. Mark Harris gets a bit more ball at his feet than Waters does earlier in the game. So that must be quite frustrating for him as well. So perhaps the answer is start with Harris, bring on Waters and see how that works. But... I, I don't think a Tete is ready. Um, and if that if he's injured today, then he's definitely not ready. But he just, you know, the, the head that he missed in that game the other day as well against Birmingham, he doesn't quite look like he's there yet. I think he needs another month or so with the squad, play him and gel him with those players before we give him a full run out. Um, ben, a lot of the, the Twitter questions we got in were, were around this um around this point. Um, you're a big fan of Premier League, Mark Harris. Uh, Jamie Pryor asked, is it time Mark Harris gets a chance from the start? Lots will criticise, but we look so much better at the top end of the pitch when he plays, and he looks the best out of the three at the moment, in my opinion. Until we bring someone else in, I feel like he should get the jersey up there. Do you agree, Ben, as Premier League Mark Harris's biggest fan? As Premier League Mark Harris's biggest fan, who I genuinely believe is Premier League quality, um, no. <laughs> 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 he's very good at stretching defences late on because he just runs and looks for the ball a lot more compared to what what as looks for space Harris comes for the ball they're very different in that sort of way Ooh, nice tactical distinction there Pricey thank you I've got to do some watch good every football. now and again but um, yeah so I think that's more effective later on in games than it is 
starting in the first sort of 60 minutes. But then I say, I say Waters gets into space and goes looking for the space. We haven't mentioned the O'Dowder pass that's sort of in the perfect area. And we had no one in the box at the Bristol game. That's oh, still... that, that was the most yeah. frustrating bit of the whole game. Yeah. yeah. The, where they've just seemed to be all queuing up on the edge of the box. And I think that's why I thought Waters would score goals because in Swin the game against Swindon, he, he, got, he got into the box. The, didn't the he? exact thing where we hope it. He arrived late on the end of an O'Dowder ball and put it away. And that's he was crying out for that. And I think it was him, it might have been Sawyer's just standing on the edge of the box. No one went for it. And I was they like, They were flat footed. They just were just no drive to get in the box and that's where sort of my faith in what sort of dried up a bit you sort of they're going oh, he's good you could i can argue he's going to come good and something's going to go there he's not going to get a better opportunity than that if he's in the right place if he's a natural striker sort of who pops up in the right place time and time yeah. again he should be in there and he should know he should be in there yeah, i've seen him do it not. though yeah that, that was yeah that, the fans maybe they, the both, they both caught in two minds and one thought one would go and one wouldn't that's the only thing i can think of but you should yeah. both go then if you're not going you know the ball's coming no ben, be... one has to stay on the edge and one has to go forward that's the rule <laughs> that's what that's what steve morrison wants um another another one tom uh dan low does james kroll get a chance feel we're desperately needing davis back possibly ruben to start a fast nine false nine on saturday he's looked good when he's coming on still thinks sawyer's need to play as he has that eye for a pass james kroll does he get a go in in everyone else's absence not quite yet i think it is still a massive step up isn't it from the the age group level into the, the first team but he does look a good player um but to be honest with you, if it carries on the way it is, you might get a you might get a call up in about a month month or so's time. Um, but I don't think it's quite that time yet. I think the amount of damage that could do to the, the attackers we've got on our team if you're going you're just bypassing them going straight to our under 21s. Yeah, I know I think that could do more damage than good at the moment. So I think hold off for now, but yeah, we might see it in the near future. Have you have you guys ever eaten a crawl, by the way? If you go to Aldi, they sell croissant bread rolls. So like a bun. Made out of a croissant, but you can pop your burger in. It's really nice. That does sound good. That does sound yeah, really quite nice. Yeah, yeah no, it's I really nice. I recommend it. Recommend it. Um, ben, uh, this is kind of becoming, uh, you know, we, we had Morrison's press conference a few weeks ago where everyone was praising him for defending Waters so vociferously. Now I think he's getting frustrated in press conferences by saying that he's not willing to almost defend them in public anymore. You know, he's, he's talked about them going out on the pitch and, and, showing people that they can actually play football and he doesn't have to go into these press conferences and defend them. Morrison's had a brilliant summer where he's rebuilt the team, but is this the issue that's going to define his tenure with Cardiff City, that he can't seem to land on a striker, he can't seem to get goals out of a brilliant team that he's put together? Yeah, but I think it's difficult. Every team in the Championship is looking for a striker, aren't they? They're looking for that one person to get in those goals. It's difficult to do when you've got no money, but... <sighs> Yeah, it's it's the one side of the recruitment so far that's really let really let the side down. It's just not doesn't seem like it's happened yet. And it feels at the moment, and I know we're only four games in, it's very easy to say this might get clipped when we're twenty games in and Waters has gone on a twenty game goal scoring spree, but yeah, it just doesn't seem like it's clicking, does it? And it doesn't feel like it's going to any time soon. It's interesting as well. The, sorry, sorry, it's the only place where we spend the money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, do, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's the worst part of our recruitment. It's the only time we've actually paid a fee for anyone. And I think that's the only thing that's worrying me is that perhaps we were just out of ideas a little bit. And, you know, we've got a few days left and we'll see what happens. But 
there are still strikers out there we could bring in. And when you see the likes of, I don't know, Nathan Broadhead scoring for Wigan, you see Ellis like Sims and Sunderland. Yeah, like the lap and stuff going out there. I know that we can't sign any every youngster, and we, you know, just because someone else had it, that means we miss it, we've missed out. That's not how it works. But it felt like we were so good in the loan market. Um, when it came to January last year with youngsters with the likes of like again, people from Leeds and Man City, we haven't really tapped into that this time round. Um coming to that point, um, you know, we've had some suggestions from people about who we should sign. Uh Frisbee 13, Zahor on a free. Um, looks like he's on his way out of West Brom. Uh, we could roll back the years and get a striker who's guaranteed you eight, nine goals in a season. Um, Gareth Knight, G90, says, is it time to give this guy a call? And it's a gif, a moving image of Jordan Hugill. Um, Adam James, my brother, says Lyle Taylor with a question mark. But I think if Lyle Taylor's the question, then if Lyle Taylor's the answer, then what's the question? Who's that cunt playing for Birmingham? That's Lyle Taylor. Um and Diary says we get a striker on loan. All the notable names have gone, nipped by others. Which unlikely names are left that we can pick out the bones from? Tom, Hugh Gill's been mentioned a few times. For all the will in the world, it looks like he's not sticking around at Norwich. Um, would you take him back at this stage? Well, it's interesting. He's just scored while we're podding. Um, oh, is he? Yeah, uh, so, so, I've been paying attention to what Dean Smith is saying at the weekend, which is all slightly cryptic. But because it's Carabao Cup nine, it so you this is where you could have a look. Putting himself oh, in a bloody shop window, isn't he? There, there we bloody go. So yeah, Hugo scored tonight. Surridge is another name that suddenly he's been a linked lot today. of the, the Cardiff accounts that have appeared in the last week are saying that we've been linked with. So you know, he yeah, he's just scored for Forest. So there are. I wouldn't be surprised if he did go for someone like Surridge. You know, we were linked with him before he didn't come to us. Again, he's not someone who's going to get you 20 goals, but it's another option. It doesn't get me massively excited, but at this stage, I think we are getting to that desperate desperate scenario now, aren't we? So, I don't know. Look, we've got the likes of Philogene in, uh, in our team who we didn't know about before. So perhaps there is a gem that we can unearth that we haven't heard of. Just because we can't think of a striker doesn't mean our recruitment team can't. Ben, can you think of any strikers? <laughs> um, Jamal Lowe's one that's been linked with. And uh, oh, no. It's not one I'm too excited about, but um, it's just anything that's sort of at that stage now. I'm hearing, like, when, when Hugo keeps on getting brought up, I'm like, one minute I'm like, oh, no, but he's not going to score. I'm like, but he's going to score more than what we've got at the moment. Um, My problem with Jordan Hugo is that he looks like he smoked about 20 fags before he goes out on the pitch. Like he, he runs for about for about ten minutes and he looks absolutely knackered. He's fitting with a tete though, isn't he? Um, yeah, it's it is it's not an easy one, is it? There's this like um what's his name? This Nor- other Norwich striker, Paul Albert uh, not Albert, um Eder, is it? Adam Eder. No, oh, this is scintillating podding. Which Proper. is we're just the naming the names. Perfect sort of option. Jason Bird. Jason Bird. <laughs> uh, yeah, either's the one who plays for Ireland, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. But like yeah, I mean, if, if push comes to shove, Ben Price, and the only option on the last day of the window is signing Lyle Taylor, do you take him? No. Good. Tom? You don't want you've got you can't have someone we've got a group of nice lads, you can't have someone going in there. And just disrupting it all and causing problems. Who's an average striker and a cunt? Class two uses of the C word. Yeah, I was about to say two yeah. bombs. We'd get we'd get left. rated R in America if they were listening. <laughs> um, Tom, would you take Lyle Taylor? No, I, I. I. To be fair, I was like either. I. 
part of me would like to take him because I am desperate to see us score some goals. I think he would, but he yeah. could really upset the Apicard a bit and and completely destroy the cohesion. And I think that's not a risk worth taking um, at the moment. No, uh, a risk was worth taking though. Tom was McGuinness going out on load to Sheffield Wednesday. McGuinness, more like McGonis. Uh, what are your <laughs> thoughts on that? <laughs> I think it makes sense, doesn't it? I think the way that Morrison's trying to play, I don't think he sees him as comfortable enough on the ball at the moment. There's, there's clearly a good player there. I think he'll come back to us and I think we'll benefit from it. Um, yeah. Um, and there's not a bad club to go to, really, Sheffield Wednesday. And I think we owe them one after sending Flint to them. <laughs> so um, apparently he did all right on his debut as well. So, yeah, he'd be out there. He'll get a bit of football. Big club, big support there. Um, and hopefully come back a little bit more comfortable on the ball because he, he was one of our stronger performances in a bad season last year. Big club, big support. What is it for you from Hillsborough? All right, sorry. I don't know why I was yeah. being so nice, actually. I don't yeah, really I don't know why you are being so nice then. <laughs> um, then is it kind of classically our luck that, you know, we send out a player like that on loan and all of a sudden we have problems at the back? Defend, you know, Collins gets injured, bagging goes off with a concussion. We have to shift things around and it kind of upsets the way we're playing. Would it be good just to have him as cover? I just don't think he's going to play enough to justify him being here, is he? Um, his, for long-term sort of prospects, he's better off playing more games and sitting on the bench and possibly filling in at centre-back every now and again. Because he's not... There's one thing for sure, he's not slotting in at left-back, is he? He's not Kieran Brown. Oh, Brand. God, no. No. So, you're not having that. So, he, he, he makes... If he's not out on loan, he makes the matchday squad instead of playing for the under-21s. It's... This is a much better move for him and us long term, I think. And I, yeah, you look at De- Denham's probably more suited to that role at this yeah. stage of his career than McGuinness is. So it just it just makes total sense until we get a centre back injury crisis and we're calling for him to come back in about six weeks time. Well, I think it's fair to say good luck, Mark McGuinness. We will miss you, but you'll be back soon, and we can't wait to see you again. Um, Introducing a new feature this week. Uh, it's a quiz I thought of when I was having a shit. It's Guess the City Player from this Wikipedia Nugget. You can play along at home each week. Ben, James, I don't know why I've referred myself to the third person there, uh, will dig out a nugget from a former Cardiff City player or current Cardiff City player's Wikipedia page. He will read it out and the boys will have to guess who he's talking about. Um, I'll read the nugget. The boys will, you know, they'll talk through their logic and try and work out uh, whose Wikipedia page it's from. And if you're playing along at home, you can pause at that point to try and guess and make sure you don't do any spoilers. Now, the fun part for me is I have to try and read out this Wikipedia thing without uh, mentioning the player's name. Uh, But you can be assured that he did use the play for Cardiff. (laughs) So um, this has come under their personal life, personal life section on Wikipedia. Oh, this is going to be bleak. Yeah. (laughs) On the 27th of April 2008, Blank was rushed to hospital with a broken jaw after an unprovoked attack outside the notorious Baker Street establishment in Wishaw. And later, in June 2008, Blank and his girlfriend were robbed at gunpoint whilst holidaying in Florida, the United States. The couple had been returning to their hotel when the incident took place. Ben, don't look at your phone. I've just got WhatsApp, sorry. Oh, You've got glasses. Um, I can see the reflection. I can see you like. So if you are playing there. along at home, the boys what are going to. What am I on then? <laughs> something green. Iron Brew Extra. <laughs> the boys that? are going to try and. Come on, work it out between yourselves. Come on. Who is that? Rushed to hostel with a broken jaw, held at gunpoint in Florida. You had the dates in there as well. They happened just a couple of months apart. 
But that doesn't say when he was at the club, does it? Doesn't narrow it down. It just says when he went on holiday. I think he was at the club at this point. Or was he? Oh, no, no. He's throwing the clues out. He wasn't. No. <laughs> oh, I have no idea. Who you th- who, which names come to mind at this stage? Broken Jaw, I instantly thought of... Um, what's his name? Steve Thompson. Steve Thompson, okay. Tom? I, I had Ross McCormack, just because he was a bit of a wrong one. <laughs> yeah. But, 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 I'm not confident in the answer at all. It's, like, it's definitely not him. No, because McCormack, McCormack was at the club then. Was, was he? Yeah, he would have been. Yeah, he was McCormack yeah. Been that point, I think he's yeah. probably our top scorer at that point. So Yeah, yeah that was the last, yeah. Oof. If you're playing along at home, you'll be shouting at your podcast now, your podcast <laughs> listening device, because this is obvious. This is easy. I is don't. Sorry, I, I I haven't got a full database of Cardiff City players that have had their jaws broken over the years. I can't even tell you how, like how I ended up on this player's Wikipedia page to find this out. Because you're having a poo and random oh, Wikipedia. Yeah, the the random Wikipedia. Um, come on, boys! I'm gonna have to rush you here. Um, I reckon you've got thirty seconds. Do we get Excuse any more clues? Is that they're the only clues we get? No, because it, it's called reading a nugget from his Wikipedia. What do you yeah, want me to do? Go that. look at his other Wikipedia and go, no, 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 no. Is a no, no, no. His usual position is no, no, I, I, I'll give up. I, I, I don't know. Just name a player. Oh, who do you have gone for? Uh, I don't know. Gailin and Dumbun and Sungu. All right. Wheelow Flood. <laughs> You're both wrong. It was Paul Quinn. Ah, so you were close with your first guesses being Scottish, but I didn't want to say well he's Scottish at that point. But yeah, in the space of two months, he had his jaw broken and he was held up at gunpoint on holiday in Florida. So that does say a lot. That'll be both of the Scottish players when you said broken jaw, really, doesn't it? Perhaps we've well, got a little bit of unconscious and we bias that there. far off. Which yeah. Wishaw or Wyshaw, I'm I, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, is a town in North Lanarkshire in Scotland, so it's in Clyde. So. If you you might have already known that, and subconsciously, that's why you went for Scottish players. I yeah, think you're giving us a bit too much credit there. I am, I know, but I like you guys, and I just want to build up your confidence. <laughs> uh, I'll be back next week, because I think that was a roaring success. Tom, do you agree? <laughs> yeah, completely. Ben? Yeah, Any requests for the Wikipedia pages I look at? Well, exactly. That's what you need to do, right? Um, uh, yeah, I don't know why I was looking at Paul Quinn's Wikipedia. I don't know how I ended up there, <laughs> but, you know, I was on the toilet for a little while. Anyway. Moving swiftly on to the other Twitter questions before we look ahead to Preston. Um, friend of the pod with a broken ankle, Ryan March. Who are your early favourites and early disappointments of the new signings now that we've seen them have a few games? Collins, O'Dowder and Allsop are the winners for me, but not been impressed with Sawyers so far. Ben, who's your favourite? Who's your least favourite? Um, Collins is a massive fan favourite for me. I love the way he plays until he got injured. Um, yeah, I'd go with Sawyers. Probably been the biggest disappointment. Rinamot has been a bit poor at times, hasn't really done a huge amount. And then obviously it's a shame to see Boo Adams not really get back get on the pitch yet and somehow managed to tear his peck, which I still can't work out how he did that. Just because he's so hard. Tom? I think Allsop's a good shot because he really does set the tone. Yeah. And I think that he's been so assured at the back and, you know, we, he gets us up the pitch quicker. I mean, we don't score the goals we've scored without his kind of input at the back. So, I think Allsop's been, yeah, a great signing. And I think, yeah, Sawyer's is a good shout for disappointment. I think it's almost a false dawn, him scoring in that first game, because I think he's been quite off the pace. And you can see why he was never kind of a major part of starting lineups when he's been elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I think he, 
he seems to drift in and out of games. So, yeah, I think they'd be my two at the moment. I'm going to say someone different just because I want to be different than Marlon Romeo. I think people were kind of writing him off when he came in, but I think he's been very good at right back. Um, similar to to Alsop, he kind of sets the tone in the way we play at the back. He's all action, gets around the pitch. And I, I really rate him and I think he's a good piece of business considering we got him basically for free. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd agree with Sawyer's as well. Uh, Josh, really good at scouting fullbacks. Yeah. Uh, Josh Morrill, could you confirm that Masengo called Colwell a pussy? I will do no such thing. Uh, Luke Richards, ideal striker you want in. As much as I want to support Waters and Co, there's a glaring hole in our team which hasn't been plugged. I want to see more from Etete too. Um, Tom, ideal striker. <laughs> Money's no object. Who are you bringing in? Who's our, who's our ideal striker? Mitrovic. I don't know why. Oh. He's just in my head. No, just because... No, obviously, he said no money's no object. Um, but this, we've had the striker conversation already and we've realised that we don't know any strikers that would be good for us. So I'll stick with my answer of not having a clue. <laughs> I didn't raise my eyebrows at you saying Mitrovic because you said money's no object. I raised my eyebrows because you said money's no object and you went for yeah, and I still want striker. Do you want to see the piss? It's because I watched a video of Mitrovic like about 20 minutes before we did the podcast. So... I'm a very impressionable man. Is it well, to be honest? He's worth it just for. Have you seen the video when he said he smashed Tom Kearney's windscreen? Yeah, that's, that's literally what. Yeah. yeah, so funny. Yeah, because he was like, "Oh, um, yeah, yeah, glad it happened to him because he's tight." Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say Ben Burrett and Diaz, just because he's tall and we like tall strikers, and he's lovely at scoring goals. I'm going to say Karen Benzema for money's no object. Oh yeah, money that's... is no object. <laughs> too, too, obvi- too obvious. Yeah. <laughs> too obvious. Yeah. He's old as well, Karen Benzema. How does he fit in with our youth profile? Um, Chris the Bluebird, regardless of it being a derby match, why are some Cardiff fans not realising we'll get beat by better opposition this season? There's 15 new signings and a brand new playing style. What are they expecting? We do an Arsenal of 2003. Have a word. PNE, let's have it. Uh, Daniel Morgan, what would you do to prep the team for a derby? I think I'm done going to them. Early kick and we always lose, starting to really piss me off. Have you seen All or Nothing Arsenal? I've just started it. Maybe something like they did. Something needs to be done for sure. And that was a similar question to, which we'll come to in a little bit, but Ben, is there anything in particular you do to prepare the derby? You talked earlier about it being a, a club thing. Is there more that needs to be done from the top down? Yeah, it's sort of just make a bigger deal of it. I'm not saying go as cringe as Bristol City social media have this week because they're fucking unbearable. But... Mm-hmm. We did one post about it, and then you've got like the people in charge of the post saying they were more concerned about the fact there was no program being sold in a physical copy than there was about their lack of content. If that's the big fucking issue you're taking with this whole thing, when you've not done any of your work to sort of promote anything coming up to the derby, I think there's issues there. Programs are a big thing, though, Ben. It's like non-league program. You know, if you if you don't have a program, some old man's going to get really ticked off that you didn't have a program. I can live with that. Wow. I can't live with losing that many derbies and sort of just enough it not seeming like a big deal to the club. Like I say it's a culture thing. It's the club not getting the fans and what it means to the fans again, and that's a real big thing that has caused a disconnect for a long time. I mean, we we talked about it ad nauseum, right? Like, it's just simple stuff. Fans just want to see, you know. It doesn't really matter anymore if you lose or get embarrassed or, or whatever it is. Fans just want to see some content before the game to have something to hold on to. I just try and make it like it seem like you're proud of the team and you actually make an effort. You get the same old top five goals scored. They might rehash the day before the game. They might show a couple of goals from the 6-1 thrashing. And that's it. It's nothing too difficult. I'm not saying go cringy TikToks, but just make a bit more of it, a couple of graphics. I would say that, but let's not get started on the graphics. 
Uh, Adam um, Tibbs, uh, another gutless derby performance. If 15 new players won't change the attitude, what will? It must be something from within the club. Echoing what you say there. Uh, Matt, Diff MJ, outside of the pitch, fair to say another derby defeat. The hopes that derby defeat puts the hopes of hitting 20k again at the CCS over for another few months. Tom, is that, you know, is that fair to say? Yeah, it's a momentum, Kelly. We go top two if we win that game. I think it's just the timing of it and you can't put it to one side as just another game because, like you said, it's a, it's a big derby game. You you win that game. You're looking, you know, the fans are excited. You do get another couple of thousand through the through the gate. So it's a, it's a massive missed opportunity. And I think, yeah, I think he's hit the nail on the head there. Uh, Stuart H, Ben, one for you because you love the food and the controversy. Cheesy chips, discuss. Oh, no, this is going to get me slated. Exactly. Go on. <laughs> I don't like cheese. You don't like cheese? No, I'm lactose intolerant anyway. So it's just. Oh. You should have led with that, to be honest, mate. Rather than you yeah, I don't like cheese either. If, if, even if I could eat it, I wouldn't. Uh, you've doubled down there on don't like a cheese, yeah. and that's going to be your downfall. Yeah. Listen, if what I, is wrong with cheese, your food? I put ketchup and barbecue sauce on it. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Uh, Sam Hill, Ruben Colwell is a star in the making. Does Morrow need to find a place for him in the 11 to push us forward? Last year, Steve-O clipped his wings and stopped him playing after each time he put in a good performance. It's time the team was built around him before PL clubs started circling. Tom? True? It does feel yeah, it does feel like we won't see the best of him in a Cardiff shirt. We'll see it elsewhere at the moment. Yeah. Um, I know he's coming back from an injury and stuff, but he didn't. we didn't see much of him last season either. Um you know, no one else in that squad could do that pass he did in the last game. We haven't, we haven't got that ability elsewhere, and I, it does feel. I know we've really. Let's not get panicked because we played well in other games, but I, we need to find a way of getting him onto the pitch more than we're getting him on at the moment. Yeah, but um, Ben said it's because he's injured and in that, so he's not going to let him. Um, well, we'll see. We'll see. Simba Morgs after Steve Morrison's comment today about a new striker, would we need to bring the right fit and not the 30 plus old? Who would you guys be looking to bring in? Stop asking us that. We're fucking useless at naming strikers unless they're Jordan Hugel <laughs> or Lyle Taylor. <laughs> uh, Richard Atherton, why is the pod recording been delayed? Because we're busy. Um, and Ben went to the cricket. Idris Merry, should NG have been moved to left back? For me, he's better at centre half, complimenting Keeper Simpson. As for Waters, he missed another good chance, but also he didn't get into the right positions, e.g., when El Dowder got to the byline and played the ball into the empty box. Thoughts? We agree with you. Um, still not a genius. Everyone is talking about the goal issue, and rightly so, but with the commander out and bagging, took a bit of a lock. Who should we get a left back in? I think we should, shouldn't we, Ben? Yeah. Um, Glenn had a hell of a shot with Joe Bryan at Fulham. Yeah. Is he not playing at Fulham? No. And he's perfect. And he's a he's nice ex- boy. And he's ex Bristol City. So. And he seems, seems like to... a really nice lad. Yeah. Reads so books, I... Ben. He reads books. That would be unique for this squad because, yeah, you sort of see some of the interviews. They they don't seem like the most well read group, do they? Oh, come on now. That's a bit mean. I think they don't, do they? But why, why, why would you say that? Pardon? Why would you say that? Well, just some of the interviews, it's a bit dry, isn't it? That's because it's media training, Ben. They're media trained. <laughs> they're not media trained. They're just crap. They are. Camera. Sorry, you tell it. They get they get media trained. Well, they're not very good at it. Well, that's because the club aren't very good at media. Will Davis, <laughs> I know Ocho had that offside goal and has looked promising, but how long do we actually give him to create score? Seem as we're putting ticking timers on every other player. Tom, how many games has Ojo got to get a goal? Four. No, I think he, we said this beginning of the season, he's going to come in and out. He'll have four moments. He'll have not. That's the type of player he is. But yeah, bear with him. 
bear with it. Brandon Arthur, Will Waters ever score? No. King K, why do our entire fan base completely overreact with every result? After Birmingham, it's a playoff push. After Bristol, it's scary Waters. We've looked good and we've looked bad. It's a mid-table side, so enjoy the bloody ride. I just think, like, we as a fan base have always been that way, haven't we? Like, as far as I can remember, it's either we're the best team in the world or we're the worst team in the world. And there is literally no in-between. So I thought the um, Bristol, like everything after the Bristol game, apart from, oh my God, we've not done it for another derby. It was pretty measured once people calmed down from the fact we lost the derby. It's the best we've been for a while. It wasn't very measured in the the ground. And I include myself in that. Go on, tell us what you did. I didn't, know, I didn't do anything. Okay, but like, that's, I think... that's another 50p on the ticket prices because of the Tom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, the toilets were very, everyone was very well behaved, actually. But no, um, I was like, I was fuming coming out of that game. It's the most angry I've been in a long time. It just felt like it did seem like a lack of effort. But like last week, then I was saying that we were going to batter them 4 0 because it, it has gone good performance, bad performance, good performance, bad performance. Home so and away. Far. And I, home and away. And I, and I, yeah, good point. I feel like I'm massively on that roller coaster of emotions thinking we're the best team in, in the world and then the worst team. And I, I, I feel myself getting worse and worse as the season go, seasons go on. Um, Ben from Stu, what turns up less, us or Derby or Boris Johnson for work? Hashtag political. Or oh, satire. Yeah, bloody <laughs> hell. Is this, is this have I got news for you? <laughs> God, Ben, answer it because it's a serious question. All right. Um, Boris Johnson for work. I mean, he's in Greece, isn't he? Lazy cunt. No, he's back so that's three. Oh, that's, that's the third one. That's the third. That's the third. Um, um, uh, Oliver Reese, just think games against Bristol City are just a scouting mission for the club. I will never understand how players can't get it for a derby. Definitely something wrong deep in the club. New squad, same day derby dishes. If you was the manager, what would you be telling them? Get out there and break someone's fucking arm. Um, David Williams, as someone Looking who lives in the Midlands, kick off. Yeah, 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 just wait, <laughs> it in. Get in early. As someone who lives in the Midlands, David Williams, uh, my ability to watch the games if it's on Sky and the odd dodgy link. Oy, oy. From those glimpses, it seems like we've made really positive steps in styles. Waters' movement looks great, but no finish. How long do you reckon Mozza gives in the team? Ben, how long do you give Waters? I've asked you this um, already, but I want to ask you again to see if your answer changes. See if I'm consistent. Until we get someone else into it that can do a job. Oh, I mean, that was quite a positive one. This is quite a negative one. Welsh Wiz, at what point do we stop believing what the manager says? He says no strikers are available, but we still have loans to use. He's lost it again after Bristol when asked by the press. Is it all smoke and mirrors because he doesn't respect the fans? Tom, do you feel respected by Steve Morrison? No. I, I do. I do. <laughs> I, I, but I don't feel respected by anyone. No, but like I, I, and that's I do part worry. of your, and that's why we're here today. It's an intervention. Come, yeah, you have thanks. a lot to give. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do worry that he does turn as soon as something goes wrong, and it's fine for the fans to do it because that's what we do. But you don't want your manager doing that, and he's he's sticking up for your striker, and it's taking him a week to go. I'm not doing it anymore. You know, I've yeah. had a tit to myself. I'm not doing it anymore. You know, and I do worry about his temperament, but I do, uh, yeah, I do believe what he says though because I don't think he's the type of man to come up with lies i think he just says as it is and doesn't think about things yeah he doesn't think about what you said last week uh yeah. christopher jeans cole has to play who drops out we've talked through that um uh, we've had another question from barney davis about the derby um as what what should be done about the derby um rob bell reiterates what we said earlier most disappointing passage of play from the bristol game O'Dowd busting got to get the ball to the byline get into a good area and no cardiff player anticipated followed in also focus been on striker but wide forwards and midfielders need to help with scoring 
Uh, Lee Sanders, when we finally, if ever, break this Derby game run, how many open top buses will we be hiring? And will the will the all day long music, beer and food festival to celebrate be hosted? Um, I reckon we'd hire 12 buses and we'd take over the Roll Dahl Plass in Cardiff for the all day food festival. Tom, Ben, do you agree? Yeah, sounds good. All right. When are we paying them at home? Probably book that in. I think, um, I've got a better idea, to be fair. I think we just ignore Bristol City and decide it's not a derby anymore. They are I in England. We... Someone did say on Twitter that you can't have a derby against a team in a different country. Well, it doesn't quite work, but yeah. Well, that's what I, I, said, I, think, I can't remember who it was I, when they said it. I think, I think we just decided, I was going to say, we just decided the Swansea's our derby, but that's going even worse for us. But at least we don't have to say it's a five derby game run then without a win. So I think we just forget about Bristol City. It's not a derby anymore and we don't need to panic. No, let's just say we don't so, have to pay for the tolls like, in Swansea, but no one pays for the tolls anymore. Go on, Ben. And like make a derby out of like Canton Rangers or something like that, because they're closer. My Newport are closer, and we don't play them, so we don't have to worry about losing it. We could draw them in the cup, though, and that could be a problem. I think if well, we, we play some of the Welsh system, we're never going to draw them. It's well, never going to be an issue. So that well, we got was it? Did you say Canton Rangers? Yeah, the Libs. We got Grange Albion just down the road. Grange Albion, yeah, another one. Barry Town. Yeah. Bit too far then, don't it? Yeah, we, we, can't, we can't be tough well because we probably lose them pre season then. Um, we'll, we'll circle back on this. Yeah. Um, Henry say, where are we get goals going to come from? Three and five so far on course to score less than the 46 we scored last season. Heartening. You uh, and James, after that performance, can we say Wintel is overrated? Before anyone comes to me, that's a joke. But more seriously, if Wintel <laughs> is neutralized and or isn't playing well, how much of a difference does it make to our success as a team and how do you think we can overcome it? Um, ben. It was it was an off performance by Winter, wasn't it? Yeah, he's just been closed out of the game. The two away games, he's just been marked out of the game, and though they've stuck players on him, sort of cut out anything good. Um, it's no coincidence, sort of Wintle's best spell of the game was our best spell of the game at Bristol just before they scored their first goal. It was the only time it really felt like the midfield was starting to knock the ball about a bit and sort of mm-hmm. get a grip of the grab like get hold of the game. And yes, yeah, oh, you struggle with you're gonna say get a grasp or get a grip on it. Grisp, you said yeah. get a grisp. Grisp, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have a packet of grisps. Pack of crisps. <laughs> yep, salt and vinegar. Ben, is the hangover really kicking in? Because this is going on a bit longer than you anticipated, isn't Mate, it? I'm fucking... This room's boiling. I yes. have no sleep. Yes. I, 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 was, I was hugging the toilet at five o'clock this morning, spewing. Oh, yeah. I'm at that stage. And yet, all in all, it's a miserable experience. <laughs> get in. We've still got time to go, my friend. Um, Connor Davis, what would you do to get the players to turn up in the derby? This was responded to by Dylan, who said, hold their families at gunpoint. Seems the only way. So I think that's a bit far, but I wouldn't put it past Morrison. Um, Gloss Blue, has Morrow got a plan B? Doesn't seem to have the tactical knowledge to change things about when struggling. Opposition are working this out too, even the tactical genius that is Paul Ince. How many chances of what to get before we realise he's just not good enough? Tom, it doesn't seem like he does have a plan B, does it? No. And to be honest, the subs he brought on as well, I think Rawls was Paul. He did, he did do his usual thing of there's about 10 minutes left as kick someone, which was quite nice. Good. Always yeah. consistent is Joey Ralph. Yeah, but yeah, we do seem to not have a plan B at all and it could bite us on the ass as longer it goes on. Because if they do, like if they mark Wintle out of the game, we've we've got very little elsewhere. Um, and then the final two questions, um, I'm hoping Tom knows what the first one's about. And then the second one um, is for us all, really. But the first one's from friend of the pod, Ryan Chard. Will Tom Phillips be able to schedule his checkup appointment in Sunderland to marry up with the away game there? I'm hoping <laughs> you know what that's about. Oh, uh, yeah, I do, actually. Um, oh, I can't believe he's tweeted that. Um, <laughs> 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 I 
Uh, yeah, when well, I used to work with friend of the pod Ryan Chard, uh, and I became a little bit cocky after uh, a trip to Sheffield, and I had a dalliance with someone from oh. Sunderland. Oh, uh, he he then came up with the idea of telling his girlfriend to text me off her number, pretending to be the Sunderland family planning department, uh, and added the phone number in and a reference number to say I needed to get hold of them immediately. Uh, and I rung the number, it was the genuine number for the family planning department. And after <laughs> three or four minutes on the phone to them and reading out the reference number, it became apparent that, he'd, uh, that I'd been pranked. Uh, uh, so, I, I bet you never thought you'd be revealing that on the pod. It's yeah, so good. <laughs> yeah, I thought it's many, many moons ago. So it's fine, it's about 10 years ago, but it was a very, very evil, but very well coordinated. That's plan. brilliant, that is. That's top end, that. Yeah. And then uh, the other question is less embarrassing, but it's from Matt Hale. Um, what is each host's favourite aperitif? Um, and Tom, you said, I know what you're doing, Hale, and I'm not happy about it. It's because I I, I, can't, I forgot how to say the word aperitif on the weekend. And he hasn't <laughs> so that one's, that one's like, I, can't, I called it an aperitif. Uh, and he rinsed me for it. So, yeah, it feels like people are turning on me on Twitter this week. Yeah. Uh, well, what like, is it? No, nice. exactly. Uh, what is your favourite aperitif? <laughs> I'm now Googling aperitifs to see what they Yeah, mean. I've Googled it as well. Um, it's like a vermouth. Um, you can class champagne in there. A gin can be an aperitif. Um, some of the times it's a cocktail. Some people seem to think it might be a Negroni. Um, but what's your favourite? Ben, as you're hungover, tell us. Um. I, I, to be honest, I'm not really sure what aperitifs are. I'm trying to work out what's like in what part of a conversation you have in like with your mates that that word comes up. You're discussing aperitifs is more of the issue I'm taking with this. Well, like Google, I'll have schnapps. Uh, I'll go schnapps. I need to go champagne. I'm on a big champagne hype at the moment. Uh, oh, if, you got, if, if you want a nice bottle of champagne for quite cheap, go to Aldi. I'm not sponsored by him, but I've mentioned him a couple of times in this podcast tonight. A 13 quid bottle of champagne from Aldi. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah, I'll go for an amaretto sour. Oh, very Ooh, good. I thought you nice. had amaretto, man. Um, thank you, everyone, for all the tweets. There was a lot this week. Twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian for all our nonsense. And while you're there, you can see our tweet about entering the Football Content Awards. Um, we're going for Best Podcast Football League this year. Um, all you need to do is head to the Football Content Awards website, find the podcasting uh, nominations page, scroll down, nominate us on there. It's quite easy. We'll remind you again at the end of the pod. But Ben, music to your ears. We're coming to the end of the podcast. You can get out of that sweaty room, go back to the toilet and do a rainbow yodel if you so wish. Um, we're at home to Preston on Saturday, Ben. Um, who is your favourite Preston? Preston Lacey or Preston from the Ordinary Boys? That's Preston Lacey. And Preston from the Ordinary Boys clearly buying them when the Buzzcocks walk off is a dick. Yeah. Tom, who's your favourite Preston? That's why he's my favourite Preston because I think he's that is one of the best bits of TV I've ever seen. No, I'm going to throw a curveball. My favourite Preston is De Preston when I'm feeling depressed. Um, with a Preston are the first team in championship history to not concede a goal in the first five games of the season. Congratulations, Preston. How many have they scored? Just the one. Um, ben, it's going to be a shit game, isn't it? It's going to be awful. Every time Cardiff play Preston, they're awful, awful games. And the stats, we can't score, they can't score. But they don't concede any. It's either it's gonna just scream horrific nil nil to me. Tom, could this be 
the game where we give someone a bit of a beating. I remember years ago, um, we had a really bad start to the season and all of a sudden West Ham came to town, we beat them 4-1 and it was kind of like a everything clicked at that point. We're making some chances. Is, is Saturday the day it all clicks? I doubt it. If they haven't conceded a goal and we can't score any. But I'd love it to be because I think that's a good momentum shifter then. If Watters managed to get his first goal against a team who don't concede goals... Then you know he's it's worth about five, five, isn't it? It's worth about five. Pretty, pretty much, yeah. So, yeah, why not? Why not? I think, I think we'll comfortably beat them. They are currently two one down to Wolves in the Ethel Cup. Uh, ben Woodburn, a Welsh legend, has scored for them, but Raúl Jiménez and Adama Traoré has scored for Wolves. So far, they've drawn with Watford. They've drawn with Rotherham. They beat Luton. Um, they did beat Huddersfield in the cup as well. They drew with Hull and they drew with Wigan. It's a mixed bag of teams they're drawing with, Ben, isn't it? It's literally drawing with everyone. Can you imagine going to those? It's not like Preston's an easy place to get to. Like this fear all travels for a lot of their away games they've been to. And to do all that, and they're just dying nil nils. Um, when I was writing the agenda for this, I wrote Ryan Lowe. He used to manage Plymouth because that was the only thing I knew about him. But Tom, at the start of the pod, promised he had something else to say about Preston. Oh, no, it was that five games without conceding a oh. goal. <laughs> I didn't actually read the agenda. So yeah, you've set me up for nothing there. Oh, there okay, we go. At least we had the same fact. Um... You know, we're running out of steam here really quickly. Um, uh, um, ben, we're at home, so does that mean we're going to win because we're shite away from home? It screams nil-nil to me. Oh, screams nil-nil. Tom, prediction? I think we win 2-0. We win 2-0. I think we're going to win 3-1. I think we're going to, you know, it's, it's going to click on Saturday. Waters is going to get a goal. Rinomoto is going to get a goal. Ojo is going to get a goal so we can turn the ticking clocks off on them and let them have a bit of a break from that. Um, and that will put us on 10 points, which will probably put us in the playoffs on Saturday. So that's nice, isn't it? It's been a good nice. start, really. Like you do it, we've done all right in games. I think we've performed better than we thought we would. We've changed our style of play. It's all positive, really. We just ignore the Bristol game. Yeah, yeah. I think that's well, fair to say. Um, and that's it for another episode of The View from the Ninian. Um, ben, what are you going to do after the podcast ends? I'm going to bed because I am oh. so tired. It's not even funny. <laughs> What I will say is, it's quite audacious getting pissed on a Monday. I, I, I fucking it ruins it. your week. Yeah, this week is a write-off now in work. I've already told my boss that. To be fair, she was just as hungover as me. It was a workout in, and she was just as hungover as me today. So, oh, there we go. Lovely stuff. Yeah, um, it's just not Tom, a good move. What are you going to be doing? You're down in Carmarthen. What is there to do, Carmarthen? Quarter past nine on a Tuesday. Not a lot. I think I'm going to go and vote for us in the pod awards because how couldn't I after guess the city player from this Wikipedia nugget? Uh, I think that's bound to be a huge hit. And if, if you know if, if the panel ignore that, then they don't know what good podcasting is. No, I think you're right. And if you do want to vote for us, like I said, it's all on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. If you like what you heard, subscribe to us on any podcast platform that you use. Uh, you can go to our Kofi page if you want to give us money because we do this for the love, not the money. Kofi.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Thanks for listening once again. We'll be back next week, hopefully by Monday, when we will have had three points in the bag against Preston. Thanks for joining us. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and